Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. This is Hugh Ballou, founder and president of Center Vision, where we as leaders create synergy through a common vision and being articulate about what that vision is. And, you know, leaders inspire people and leaders influence people. And today I've got a friend here, a fellow Rotarian and person that's in my neighborhood. He's just a mile away from us, Todd Blake, who's the executive director of the Parkview Community Mission. So, Todd, welcome. And please tell us just a little bit about your background and who you are. People want to know who our guests are. So share a little bit, please. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Hugh. Nice to meet you, David. Um, you know, I came out of 20 years serving in Baptist churches, uh, primarily in North Carolina and Virginia. And um, I was a pastor at a church uh, near Lynchburg, Virginia, for almost 11 years, uh, up until 2021, and reached the point in my life where it was it was time for a career change. It was time for new challenges, to learn new things. Um, and I didn't want to do just anything. I wanted to do what felt like meaningful work in the world to me, and so began to explore uh, nonprofit work and what some opportunities might be there for nonprofit work. And so, you know, when the opportunity came along uh, to come to Parkview, uh, it was it was an easy decision, and I you know, brought to that what you know what I hope was you know good experience as a pastor of uh, both you know speaking in, just the simple things of speaking in public. You know, conveying a message, um, that sense of inviting people to be a part of something, I, I felt like I could bring that kind of skill to the nonprofit world and, and felt like the Parkview had something compelling to ask people to be a part of. And so trying to, you know, leverage those skills that I developed as a pastor, um, as well as, you know, things, you know, managing budgets and managing people and committees and uh, those kind, that kind of work. And so, you know, I've been doing this about two and a half years now. And what's uh, I told Hugh and David before we started that, you know, one of the great things about my job is that a lot of days it's to be Parkview's chief cheerleader. And, and I love that to get to go and tell the story of how Parkview began and what we do and the way we serve our neighbors. Um, that is a fun job to get to go and tell what happens here and to uh, introduce other people in our community to the neighbors that we serve and really the, the circumstances that they experience in life, whether it's, you know, food insecurity, unemployment, homelessness, you know, those sorts of topics that uh, for many of folks in our, you know, our communities, we know about these issues, but we don't always know people that are experiencing these issues. And so, and I think when we know people who are experiencing circumstances like food insecurity, um, that it, it really helps to break down some of the, the naive stereotypes we have around those circumstances when we get to know those folks. And so I get to, in a way, introduce our community to their neighbors that are experiencing those circumstances. And um, that is a meaning, that is meaningful work for me. Well, and having been there many times, um, actually, uh, we moved here in 2017. And um, this is the second interview we've had in the series on Parkview. Your predecessors, um, Gordy and, uh, and um, Ray, we're here, founding board member and the executive director then, but there's been so much that's happened since then. And um, 
you've inherited a good program, but you've taken it forward uh, very substantially, very solidly. So what people don't know, Parkview is in a, what used to be a Methodist church, and it was no longer, it was what was called decommissioned, so it was no longer a church, and the property belonged to the district, and for a while the district had um, offices there, but Parkview Mission is, it was, it's just all of these things you just described. So you were telling us before we came on, the, there's a Wednesday night dinner, and you were telling the story about the choir. That That's that's a tradition that started a long time ago, didn't it? It is. I, I love that part of, of who we are. I think who we are now is a direct result of how we started. We are in what used to be Parkview United Methodist Church, and back in 1996, the choir of Park United Methodist was gathered for a meal, and they had a, a neighbor came to the door, knocked on the door, and told the choir he was hungry. And we could, you know, imagine that a group like that situation might give him a to-go meal, but the choir went the next step. They invited him to come and sit at the table around with them. So they gave him not just food, but they gave him relationship. They saw him. They heard him. And I think that's so important to who we are today. And so this neighbor felt such hospitality that the next week when the choir was gathered again for another meal, he brought a friend. And it almost accidentally became a neighborhood meal because it just grew from there. And even when the church closed as a worshiping congregation, those former parishioners kept coming back here uh, to carry out that meal. Other churches joined in. The Methodist district joined in. Other denominations and other community groups joined in that effort to provide this neighborhood meal. And that gave rise to what would become the food pantry and what would become the clothing connection because they realized there were needs beyond just that Wednesday night meal, which is important and significant, not just for the calories, but also the relationships. But people, people do need to eat more than just once a week. People do have needs beyond clothing. And so those faithful folks began to try to address those needs. And that grew into six programs uh, through which we served 130,000 neighbors last year in 23. And it literally started with one meal. I, I believe it is something only God could do. And it's something that happened because a a group was was faithful to share of their their food, and their relationships. And there's empty church buildings all over the country that could oh. be purposed. And even there's some that are still active that could could be extension of of the work that we're doing. So uh, David, um, that you've been to my house. We live in the zero one zip code in Lynchburg, which is the highest poverty in the Commonwealth, Virginia. Right. The, 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 um, Lynchburg, yes. But this, this zip code is the highest poverty in that city. And yeah. so if you and, and, and I, we're, we're in the same place and our rotary has gone down to do the food for families and, and other ones. But my family, when family comes to visit, I say, hey, we're going to park for you. That was in the days before we had a, had groups and register. We just show up and Gordy let us work. But, you know, it's it's amazing. You see the gratitude on people's faces. And that one track is where people come through with their shopping cart. And they get their month supply of groceries. You feed a lot of people through that one channel, not to mention the other. You serve how many people a month? Well, just last week, we had on both our, our pantry is open two days a week, Thursdays and Saturdays. And interestingly, 
last week, Thursday and Saturday, both days served 189 families um, on both that, you know, so, you know, 189 times two. Last year through uh, Food for Families, we served over 45,000 individuals just through that one program. And, and they all have families. So, David, you got some questions for Todd. They, yeah, yeah. A lot more than this, a lot more than this, but that's a significant program. Well, knowing that your your facility used to be a church and, and knowing also that, like you mentioned, there's a lot of churches that have been decommissioned and they're empty buildings and, and things like that. In your professional experience, how can how can people in different communities make the most of what spaces are available to serve the community? Well, coming at it from, again, 20 years working in churches and and honestly, churches um, that their buildings would sit empty a good chunk of the week. And that is many of our congregations across the country. Um, you know, I, I constantly encourage my, my former congregation um, to find ways to use the building during the week. Um, and so we would partner with other organizations to have groups come in and use the building in some way that served the community. And I, so I think, one, it's it's considering the stewardship of, you know, the how much it costs to maintain the infrastructure of these buildings that we have and how can we best utilize them to serve the community? And, you know, for me, from a religious standpoint, you know, how can we best utilize the resources God has given us? You know, a church sitting empty five or six days a week is not good stewardship. And so we can leverage those spaces to serve the community in, in better ways when we when we partner with other people. And so, you know, we're in a building now that, again, was a house, you know, housed one congregation. Now it does house a congregation, a different congregation. It's not a UMC congregation, but a, there's a congregation that worships here. They fill up the sanctuary twice a, a Sunday on Sunday mornings for two services. Uh, they have other activities during the week. Uh, there are three other nonprofits in the building that use space for various uh endeavors that they do, various services that they offer to the community. And Parkview Community Mission is here with our programs. And right. so you have a building that is used seven days a week to serve people in one way or another, mind, body, spirit. And you have organizations that work together to serve the neighborhood. You know, I look at it this way. When uh, we recently, the Methodist District gifted us the building. And so we redid you know, all the, the agreements with the other partners in the building. And the very first paragraph in the MOU talks about this idea of using the building, maximizing the use of the building to serve the community. Now I look at it, you know, the very low bar is our mission should not get in the way of each other. The highest bar that we should reach for is the way our, our different missions, our different nonprofits can work together to serve the community. We don't do what the congregation does. We don't do what the Up Foundation or the Community Access Network or Lighthouse Communication does. But we can all serve together in a way that we we take care of each other. We we refer to one another. We support one another. We we maintain a building together, and uh, I, I think it's a, a beautiful picture of what can be. Hmm. Um, when I when I interviewed with the with the search committee uh, for this position. Um, you know, I, I talked about how, you know, Parkview is its own kind of resurrection story. You know, this church died, but it gave birth to something new. And that something new 
um, meets real need in our community. And as, as Hugh mentioned, it is the, you know, the highest poverty rate around is right here where we are in 24501. Yeah, great. Well, great. So it's it's not um, a faith community, parachurch community. It's a separate 501c3. Right. And it's, it's very purposeful. And I watched as you navigated through the shutdown during the, the pandemic, and you still serve people. You pivoted, but you still right. serve people and still accomplished your mission. That was, a, that was a really great feat. So think it. So several things you mentioned are out of the box for most communities, you know, collaborate. Now we have silos and of course we have them or every city has them, but you mentioned the collaboration with other nonprofits. Are there other collaborations like for, with businesses, with universities, others? So what kind of, and define what you mean by collaboration. It's kind of a fuzzy word for some people. It can be. I, I think Parkview should be really good at what Parkview does. But we don't have to try to be really good at what somebody else is already doing well. So finding, you know, we get asked, you know, part of you get asked, can you take on this? Can you take on that? And and typically my first response is, is there someone else out there doing that well already? And, you know, if so, why do we need to do it? Why don't we just support and partner with those who are doing it well already? Um, outside of Parkview, I coach soccer. I love coaching soccer. I love playing soccer. I love officiating soccer. I love watching soccer. Uh, but I coach high school girls soccer. And, you know, I think about the players that I coach, and they're all very different. They all bring different skills. Um, if someone's great at scoring, I'm not putting her in as goalkeeper. I want her to do what she uniquely does well. I think our nonprofits should take the same approach. Do unique well, what you uniquely do well, and support the other people around you who are doing well what they do, and find the ways that works together. Um, you know, I think if we bring that same kind of approach to this collaboration across different nonprofits and eight, you know, and, and we work as a as an organization. We work with other nonprofits. We work with uh, government agencies. We work with faith communities. Um, and so, if everybody in those various groups does really well what they do then we really, and, and doesn't worry about who gets the credit, then we really can lift up the community. Don't worry about who does the, gets the credit. David, what you got boiling up for a question? Well, you know, you mentioned that the uh, United Methodist Church gifted you that, that building. So you haven't got the ownership, quote unquote, um, you know, by having the debt and that sort of thing. You do upkeep it and and so forth. Uh, there are a lot in in Hughes neighborhood and your neighborhood. I've been there a few times, and there's a lot of nonprofits doing a lot of different things. But there's a lot of duplicates too, you know. And if everybody's owning a facility, then that's an awful lot of responsibility that really should be thought through. Uh, so how can how can communities avoid having to have that debt load um i'm assuming you're 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 going to tell me that uh you know having the responsibilities of of that particular thing will distract you from your mission uh but also by combining efforts i think your mission can probably be elevated or you know your capacity building and sustainability 
would uh, would improve. Would you agree that that's safe? I think so. We think a lot about that. Um, we spend a lot of time thinking about how to, um, one, take care of the building for ourselves, uh, to be um, good building owners for the other partners in the building. Um, I, I have likened it to a the gift of a free puppy. Um, they are wonderful, and they are a lot of responsibility, and, and this building is, is that. It is wonderful. It secures our future here in this place, in this part of the city where poverty is concentrated, which is incredibly important. Um, and at the same time, I, I am well aware that it comes with a real serious responsibility uh, to maintain the building so that we can continue the services that we provide and the other organizations in the building can continue what they do. If it was if it was Parkview alone in this building, it would be a we could not maintain the building on our own without some significant um, capital campaigns, um, you know, debt servicing, you know, things like that. Um, but because of the other partners in the building, um, we all chip in on both paying the bills and saving a little bit for those surprises that come along the way. I mean, it is a building that's, you know, nearing 90 years old. And so there are some responsibilities that come along with that. Um, but because we all chip in and we can we can maintain the space and and take care of one another well but it's you have to let some things go you know you have to be willing to you know the the church's mission that the other nonprofits in the building their missions matter too but it's not just parkview's mission that matters at you know in our space and working together to to navigate that i think is really important um having a, a shared sense of we don't have the same programs we don't serve the community in the same way, but that we share that same impulse and desire to serve the community, I think, is important. That sounds like a pretty good model for communities to duplicate. Um, I know when we were in, the last time I was in um, the neighborhood there, uh, we had discussed talking about you know there's so many nonprofits but they're all like islands and it sounds like you've created a, an opportunity there for melding together multiple different missions to serve that community um you know from from soup to nuts and that that's great i commend you for that i, I told the i told the board early on that i, I wanted parkview to be known as a nonprofit that played well with others so we we actively Sorry. seek out ways to to do projects with other nonprofits. You know, I think of, of one going now where um, in our Life Skills Institute, so we're teaching career and personal skills at our at our Life Skills Institute, LSI. Um, we uh, partnered with another nonprofit that does, does uniquely well with um, at-risk teens and intervening there. And so we brought those young people in for a cooking program where they learned skills in the kitchen that would both serve them as individuals that they would learn to prepare food for themselves. Um, and our hope is, is that turns into maybe one of those young people discovers a love of cooking and they want to, they find a career path or, you know, down the road that we're able to provide serve safe certification. And, and it means a, a job for them in a restaurant uh, or fast food or whatever it may be. And so we can, you know, we did that because we had this relationship with another nonprofit that they have the contacts and connections with those young people. And we have 
the facilities and the teachers. You put those two things together and we had a wonderful experience teaching these young people their way around a kitchen. Yeah, great. What you said earlier about you're very good at what you do and you don't need to worry to do the other things if you can partner with other others. And I know um, I brought somebody who was in need down there to talk, talk to your person about his needs and she knew how to connect him with the other agencies. So it's it's not just feeding people. And I know when uh, our Rotary Club comes and people volunteer, it's meaningful to us to be able to come in and serve there. Um, so creating a new space for collaboration is key these days. Is, is there a connection? You've, you've managed to stay upright and actually do well and support your programs financially because you have you have a really solid foundation there. What's been the most challenging for you in your leadership in this this day and time at Parkview? Well, when I came to Parkview, there had been a rapid phase of growth in terms of programs, uh, staffing, and the financial needs that went along with that. And 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 thankfully, the fundraising had grown along with it. What I needed to do when I came was to kind of backfill some of the administrative pieces that as uh, during that rapid growth just didn't happen. That you know meant making sure there were clear accurate job descriptions for everyone on staff. Um, you know, starting to think about not just funding the next day, the next week, the next month, but the long-term financial stability of the organization. So developing, working with our development staff and a fundraising consultant and our board on really long-term uh, fundraising plans. And so those were, were good challenges for me. They, um, you know, Again, I came. I was very experienced in preaching sermons and teaching Bible studies and working with church committees and and things like that. And so these were really some some interesting challenges that I might not have imagined coming in. But you know, when I arrived, those were the needs. Those kind of you know behind the scenes administrative things that aren't aren't necessarily sexy, but you know really important to the longevity of the organization. And and so I found that a very um, a very interesting challenge. Um, and also very important to uh, us as an organization. I also found that, you know, I came from a congregation where our, you know, our budget annually was about half a million dollars, just under half a million dollars. And Parkview's budget was, you know, right around a million. And then our in-kind budget of, you know, so donated goods and services was another three to $4 million in, in value. And so suddenly you go from a $500,000 budget to a you know five million dollar budget in in some cases, and so I, I very quickly realized that the area I need to grow in is that financial management piece, and so the board has been very encouraging and supportive uh, of my efforts to do some continuing ed around financial management. I'm in a program now, uh, working through that. It's been challenging in a good way. Um, I do not want to be an accountant. I have learned that. If I wondered about it before, but um, you know, learning to just, you know, take care, be a good steward of of everything that, you know, our community entrusts to Parkview in order to take care of our neighbors um, has been really important. And, and I've been grateful for the board's support and, and that continuing ed. Um, I'm also thankful, you know, over the past couple of years, uh, the, the fundraising outlook for many nonprofits has been pretty bleak. And 
we have continued to grow kind of counter to the trends. Our fundraising has grown about 27.5% since 2021. So Todd, I think um, the ones that are chasing the money are the ones that are having trouble. What you've done is build programs and infrastructure and, and build results and have impact on the community, which has then attracted the money. Yeah, like I like I said, I, I think one of the one of the things that was unique about Parkview is that, you know, I felt like Parkview has a really compelling mission that people are going to want to be a part of. Yeah, people want to be a part of meaningful things, and whether that is through their finances, uh, their time, and their service, uh, their willingness to share their contacts and their networks, people want to be a part of meaningful things, and I absolutely unashamedly say that Parkview is meaningful and, and meets real need in our community and is making change in our community. And so then so, it's just an invitation to be a part of it. Well, that's wisdom. You know, there's people that are the groups that are suffering, just focusing on the money. And then you've had a very balanced approach. So I've, for those people watching the video of showing the website, what will people find? If you're listening to the podcast, you can find the website and it, it's in your podcast data too. It's Park View Mission. Take three words and make it one, parkviewmission.org. And Todd, give us a navigation. What will people find there? Yeah, if you look across the top, there's a, you know, a couple of important things that I would want to point you to. First is just, you know, about and who we are, um, the, the people that make up the team, um, at, you know, both from our staff and our board, a little bit of how we came to be that I mentioned earlier. Um, and if you you know go a little bit across to the to the right, you'll see volunteer and partners, and you'll find opportunities to volunteer. And you know we have a great system through our what we call it's called Volunteer Hub. It's a product that helps us manage our volunteers. And you know somebody that's interested can go on and find the the different programs that we have, the six different programs, and you click on one, and it brings up the times and days when volunteers are needed in each place. Um, and, and so then you can, you know, again, you just scrolled over to our programs, the six different programs and a little bit about them, three food programs, you know, career skills through our life skills Institute clothing, and then our community resource center that's helping with utility cutoffs and eviction notices and things of that nature. Um, and of course, you know, I, I never want people to overlook the donate page, um, because, you know, what we do is it, it does cost money. Um, it costs again, a little over a million dollars a year to do what we do but we believe it's making a real impact in our community. And so we believe our neighbors are, are a good investment. Um, and one example of that, in 2023, 79 of our neighbors were able to get back into the workforce and through our Life Skills Institute. Yes. And those 79 neighbors stand to earn over $1.6 million in wages over the course of a year. Wow. That is, our, our neighbors are worth the investment. They have proven it again and again. And um, so, you know, if you're supporting Parkview, you're supporting um, making sure our neighbors know where their next meal is coming from, making sure they know they're safely housed. And when they have those base level needs taken care of, then we can help them to get to a class at our Life Skills Institute, whether it's a computer class, a, a budgeting class, financial literacy, or a career skills class that results in a job. Um, you know, one of the things we're working on this year is how can we help the the wages that they're earning increase? They increased from 20, you know, last year um, increased to about a dollar and a half per, per hour. And we want to continue to grow that this year. 
Uh, we want to help our neighbors get the get the raise, get the the promotion. Um, you know, those folks who've entered an entry level job to find that you know long term career path. People you serve, you call neighbors. I like that. Yeah. The two words great. we use most to you are neighbor and dignity. Everybody's our neighbor. We want to know their name and their story, and we want to infuse as much dignity in the process through every step of the along the way. Hi, Blake. You've made this half hour fly away. Um, you've given us given us a lot of concrete things. What do you think, David, to think about? Well, you know, I love the fact that he's got uh, a structure there, but there's so much variety of things that are going on, and they're all serving their neighbors. You know, everything that they're doing is just very well coordinated and complementing each other. That I love that. That's a great model for others to uh, do. So Todd, you get the last you get the last comment. We have an audience of similar people to you, but people that are on their boards, people that are volunteers, uh, people that are supporters of nonprofits. So, anything you'd like to say to those people as a parting parting thought? I would say first that I'm incredibly grateful for a congregation that imagined a new way forward, and and in dying died well and give birth to something new. I think that's incredibly heroic and brave and many congregations are afraid to do it, but they did. And I'm sure there were, I'm sure there were pain and heartache along the way for them. And I, I respect and appreciate that. Um, I, I would say to that, that group out there that's struggling with, you know, the congregation that, you know, their, their, their building owns them and not the other way around. Uh, to find the creative ways forward, to find the partners that can come alongside them and to share in mission, um, to share in space, um, to share the cost of maintaining space in order to their all of their missions to thrive. Um, you know, where there's there's such a, a, a des, you know, I, I don't know, a, a desire to own the, the building, to own the thing. And when we let a little bit of that go and, and share, um, it's amazing what what we can do together. It's amazing what we can do together. Uh, Todd Blake, Executive Director of Parkview Community Mission, thank you for being our guest today. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.